I really didn't learn anything from my divorce to that next relationship. I couldn't keep women around for more than like three days. And I was like, what, what am I doing wrong here? I realized that I had been doing everything wrong my entire life. And I think most men are. They respond to strength. They respond to leadership. What guys end up doing is they put women on pedestals. And when you put a woman on a pedestal, she has, she has no choice but to look down on you. She has no one to look up to. So she ends up looking for someone else. The sad thing is that a lot of guys won't find their way to this type of work without having some kind of pain in their life. You can pretty much be anything for your woman, but you can never be boring. Uh, if you have to bring a problem to your woman, you better bring a solution with it. Otherwise, don't lay your, your problems on her. You're a man living in the modern world in a time when men and manhood are not what they once were. You live life on your own terms. You're self-sufficient. You think for yourself and you march to the beat of your own drum. When life knocks you down, you get back up because in your gut, you know that's what men do. You're a badass and a warrior. And on the days when you forget, we are here to remind you who you really are. Welcome to the Sovereign Man Podcast. I'm your man, Nikki Ballou. And we've got a great guest lined up for you today. Today's guest is uh, Mr. Paul Bauer of the Come On Man podcast. Um, I listened to him interview Dr. Robert Glover, the author of the seminal book, No More Mr. Nice Guy. He did a terrific job interviewing uh, Dr. Glover, and I was hooked. I thought, man, I need to have this man on my show. So here he is. Welcome to the show, Paul. Hey, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. Well, thanks for coming on, brother. So, Paul, here at Sovereign Man, we have a mission. Our mission is um, we want to help make men masculine again, and we want to help men in particular remember that it's glorious to be a man. There's no need to put men down in order to uplift women. And more and more women are seeing it that way these days, too, which is heartening as far as I'm concerned. I spoke to a self-described feminist earlier today. And when she first heard about Sovereign Man, she was a little kerfuffed. She thought we meant men being sovereign over women. And I said, no, no, no. What we mean by Sovereign Man is for a man to have dominion over himself, to be sovereign over himself. And when I started to explain what we were all about, she says, I agree with all those things. And I just said, wow, that's her first. A feminist and a masculinist like yeah. me agree on the mission of the Sovereign Man podcast. So we brought we bring experts like you here because we want you to challenge our thinking and we want you to bring your expertise to our guests. So if you wouldn't mind, how'd you get involved in this whole manosphere men space to begin with? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. Uh, I had a I had another guy in my podcast once. Uh, he's really he's pretty big in the men's space too. His name is Ryan Stone. And when I got him on he's like, Hey man, how'd you get in this space? Cause there's a lot of like weirdos in this space. <laughs> he's like, you seem like a normal guy. You seem like a normal guy. I was like, I am a normal I guy. It, so I, I never thought it. about it. I, I never thought about it, but uh, my Batman origin story was um, I I've been married and divorced. I got divorced in 2013 and um, you know, like a lot of men uh, got complacent, got lazy, uh, didn't lead that relationship. I, you know, let her do everything. You know, you know how, uh, guys always ask their, their, their girl or, you know, what do you want to eat? I was that guy. 
oh, honey, where do you want to go eat? You know, that kind of thing. And um, so that marriage ended up failing after uh, 14 years. And wow. um, I hadn't dated in about 15 years. And so I found myself back on the dating circuit and just floundering, just having the worst time ever. I was overweight, uh, had no idea, you know, how to escalate things with women. I just, I just sucked at it. Luckily, a, a gal took pity on me after about 11 months and she was very forward, let's just say. And I immediately fell in love and rushed into that next relationship because, you know, she showed an ounce of, of interest and uh, ended up dating her for four and a half years. So I really didn't learn anything from my divorce to that next relationship. So it was this relationship where I, I dated her for four and a half years. I thought everything was great. And then just almost like out of the blue, it felt like uh, she she started distancing herself from me, uh, really pushing me away and basically leading me into breaking up with her. Mm-hmm. She didn't want to do it. She wanted me to do it. So she was just sort of acting in a way that would make me want to break up with her. So I ended things with her. But this time was different. This time I found myself back on the dating circuit, having only been out of practice for four years and I was in much better shape. I had lost, you know, like 50 pounds. Uh, I was active running and, and stuff like that. I had more of an exciting lifestyle. I'd go hiking and stuff every weekend. And I found it much easier this go around to get dates, uh, hook up with women. Uh, but I couldn't keep women around for more than like three days. And mm. I was like, what, what am I doing wrong here? And one of the blessings of that four and a half year relationship was she got me hooked on audiobooks. And, uh, so I was already listening to audiobooks, and I, and I realized, man, I could, I could probably find some books on this stuff and, uh, ended up finding, uh, Dr. Robert Glover's book, no more Mr. Nice guy was probably the first book I read in this men's space. And when I read that book, I realized that I had been doing everything wrong my entire life. And I think most men are, most men are taught you know, happy wife, happy life. You put women on pedestals, you buy women flowers and chocolates and you woo them. And that's not necessarily what they respond to. They, they respond to strength. They respond to leadership. They respond to a guy that they can look up to a little bit. And what guys end up doing is they put women on pedestals. And when you put a woman on a pedestal, she has, she has no choice but to look down on you. And if she's looking down on you, she can't, she has no one to look up to. So she ends up looking for someone else typically. And um, a lot of guys just, they find it so counterintuitive that to, to be in their masculine, to be that leadership role is really what women respond to the best. It doesn't matter if she's a feminist or not. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Interesting. You said that I was married as well for um, uh, seven years. And my then wife, uh, seemingly out of the blue, decided that she didn't want to be married to me anymore. And we had two kids. One of them was uh, three and a half. The other one was a year and a half. And the year and a half had a medical condition called subglottic tracheal stenosis. In English, that means his windpipe was too narrow. At one point, it was just two millimeters. It was very difficult for him to breathe. He needed a breathing tube to breathe. It was it was really rough. And... Um, you know, I thought that uh, I needed to be um, strong and tough 
uh, and she was freaking out. Like, you, you know, you, you think about it now, it makes sense that she'd be freaking out. This was her, her, her newborn child was near death. And uh, her man was not providing her with a pillar of strength. He was being this, uh, what he thought was a tough guy, but really was being an emotional, angry wreck. And so Wait, was, uh, just, just, can I, can I ask you, uh, what do you mean by that? Like what, what like, were you I was doing? angry, bro. I was just okay. angry. I was fighting the doctors. I was not trying oh. to calm her down. I was just, come on, we're going to do this. And there was not, oh. there was not a put her arm around her. Hey, honey, we're going to face this together. It's going to be all right. That was my job really. You know, but yeah. I, I didn't know how to do it then. I thought that I thought my job was to be that other guy. It'd be tough and fight the doctors. And there were some things I was doing which were which were appropriate. I was trying to make sure that my son didn't have to go through this extremely risky surgery. But the way that I was with her sucked. And she did not respond mm. well to it. She responded terribly to it. And friends of hers that were single divorced women. And I didn't realize this was a bad thing for her to have single divorced women as friends. I, I just didn't know any better back then, right? They just the oh, in a bucket. Yeah. I, right. They were just like, they were just, oh, he's terrible. He's he's evil. He's bad. He's like, I'm from the Middle East. So you, you know, he's one of those Middle Eastern guys who thinks women should be subservient, that, that kind of crap. And and so you you know, this one girl in particular who I thought was a friend, really wasn't, just was jealous that she had a you know good-looking, ambitious husband. And she just, she, I mean, I, I opened the door to all this, you understand, but she started yeah. just uh, chirping, chirping, chirping in her ear. And yeah, this, this did it. This did it. And had I been better with her, there would have been no opening for any of this shit. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I would have, yeah. but you know, the blessing in disguise is, is I got involved in men's work and I saw, oh yeah, you know encourage your wife not to be friends with bitter divorced women. <laughs> like just, I mean, that's like, <laughs> like who, who want to, who want to plant the bug in her here that divorce is the right way to go. But listen, I have nothing against divorced people. I'm a divorced person myself right now. Right. But uh, it, it's, it's, it's an important thing to understand that just as she'd have an issue with me going out with a bunch of guys who are in hunting mode, <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, going out yeah. on weekends. I've got an issue with her going out with a bunch of women who are in hunting mode, <laughs> you know? And the, right. the, the, the whole relationship fell apart because I was blissfully ignorant of how to be as a man with my wife. And when I joined the men's group, I saw, oh my God, God, I, I've done so many things wrong. I didn't want to admit it to the men in the group. It took me so long to admit that I was that I was a jackass and didn't understand how to be a man in a marriage. Yeah. But when I finally figured it out, and I, I you know, my my ex and I got divorced, but you know, we got two kids together. We've got a good relationship. In fact, I took her on vacation with my lady and my boys. Like, and everybody got along. Everybody had a great time. It was like it was it was it was, it was a highlight moment of my life to have that happen. But I saw that it was important for men to, to learn how to be a man in the world. So that's why I started Softer Man. When I, when I see men like you doing the work that you do, I think there's a lot of younger men who are absolutely like clueless on how they need to be to attract the right woman, to be in a good relationship with a woman, or if they're in like, you know, stallion mode and they're dating a bunch of different women, how to be there in a way that they're honorable, they're 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 uh, you know they're not lying to the girl, 
and they leave her better than they found her because I think all those things are super, super important. So, so you, you figured all this out. What made you decide to like be an OG in this space, you know, to create a program for men to do a podcast? Why'd you do that? Yeah, that's a good question. I ended up in a men's group myself. It was a, an online men's group, though. It, it, it's uh, the 3% Man Facebook group. Uh, and it was, it's for students of another author, Corey Wayne. And he, he has a book called How to Be a 3% Man. And so I found myself in that group and studying the book. His big thing is you got to read his book 10 to 15 times. And I realized with that practice that there were other books that I need to read 10 to 15 times to really master them. Uh, and Dr. Glover's work is one of them. So I've read no more Mr. Nice guy twice. I've read his second book dating essentials for men 10 times. Now, excellent books will change your life. And so I was in this men's group and I, I was back out in the dating circuit and a lot of us guys were doing, you know, what they call in the, the red pill community field reports or, you know, we used to call them date updates and I would go on a date. I would practice body language, practice letting her do 80% of the talking, all that kind of stuff. And at the end of the date, after, you know, I'd give her a kiss goodbye or whatever, I would go find myself in a parking lot and, and do a video and tell the guys, Hey, okay, I just got done with my date. This worked well. This didn't, she was, to this, you know, really well. And I, I started becoming a really active member in this group doing this sort of thing. Other guys started posting their date updates as well. And they eventually made me an admin in the group. And just one day it clicked to me that, you know what, this would be great to talk to other men about this sort of thing, start a podcast. I've always done like to mess around on the internet. I used to have a tech blog like years ago. I used to have a tech uh, show on YouTube years ago. And I was like, you know, I, it, I think this would be a, a good outlet for me too, to sort of, you know, almost like therapy, be able to talk about this sort of thing and get things off my chest and talk to other guys coming up in the space, learning the same stuff as us. Cause a lot of us learned our relationships for, from our parents, you know, or <laughs> maybe, may, you know, a lot of men are raised by single moms these days, unfortunately. And so they, they have, they don't have a lot of male role models in their life to really learn how to be a masculine man. So there's a ton of guys in this space. And I just noticed that, uh, after I was interviewing guys in the group around the turn of the year, this was uh, 2020. I started my podcast turn of the year, 2021. I started promoting it on TikTok, and it just, it blew up after that. And I, started interviewing bigger names in the space, like Dr. Glover, uh, Rolo Tomasi. I've interviewed like Rich Rich Cooper and a bunch of other guys. Yeah, and I've interviewed it, Rich for, Cooper too. He's a cool dude. Oh yeah, great guy. And the, the thing about it though is, uh, th that I like about it is I get to pick the brains of all these guys that have gone before me and learn from them directly as well. And then, and then everyone else could be a fly on the wall you know, and learn while I'm learning too. So that's why I started it really is just sort of an outlet. And it's sort of become a purpose of mine in life now to help men not only be better with women, but to be better men in general. I, I love that about 
Oh, you, man, because we need men like that. There's a friend of mine. His name is uh, Ryan Mickler. He runs the Order of Man, and he's got a podcast, too. Um, I, I I also do a business podcast, and he's been on that, and he's he, he and his son came on this podcast. And um, Ryan has, I think, the biggest podcast for men out there today. He's had like 45 million downloads. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, he's had... Um, He's had David Goggins on, Jocko Willink, Matthew McConaughey, uh, Ben Shapiro. He's had some. He's had some heavy hitters, right? The, the Braveheart man, you know, Randall Wallace, the man who wrote Braveheart. So he's had mm. some cool people. I was on the show too. I, I'm the unknown. I'm the token unknown on the show. And uh, um, but Ryan runs a program called uh, the Iron Council, and. Um, Paul, the Iron Council has a thousand members. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's a wonderful group. And, you know, it's a good business for Ryan, but a thousand men, a thousand men is like one quarter of a neighborhood in the average big city. Right? Yeah. If Ryan had 10,000 men in his group, that's like a really small village. And I told yeah. him, what? I said to him, yeah. Ryan, we need 10,000 men like you each with 10,000 men that follow them, that's a hundred million men. That's like, you know, that's like 3% of all men. Like, think about that. That's like nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, you know, the unfortunate thing about that too, like even the 3% man Facebook group that I came out of, uh, I think they only have about 1400 members and uh, I'm starting to build my own uh, Patreon community as well. And it's the, 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 the sad thing is that a lot of guys won't find their way into the space or find their way to this type of work without, without having some kind of pain in their life. They will dismiss it. They, you know, they, they will say, well, you know, no, you got it all wrong. You're supposed to give girls flowers and all this kind of stuff. And, and because that's what society, that's what, uh, movies, that's what media tells us we're supposed to do our whole lives. That's what our moms tell us. Right. And <laughs> it just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. And until they realize that everything that they've been doing doesn't work, that's the only time they'll ever come to the space. So as much as I would love for, you know, hundreds of millions of guys to learn this stuff, uh, because I think the world would be a better place if Boy. men learned to be masculine again, learned how to be good leaders in, in, in our, you know, society there's just guys that it, they have no idea it exists and they won't ever find it unless they have some kind of, you know, strife in their life to make them find it. You know, that is the nature of a man is that he won't look for help until things are really bad. He's not mm-hmm. very proactive. There's very few men who are proactive. I wasn't proactive. I didn't, I didn't go looking for help until my marriage blew up. <laughs> I thought everything was great. Yeah. I thought everything was great, you know, yeah. and it wasn't, that's the truth. It wasn't. That's why I, I think it's, I think it's hilarious. I put out, I put out videos all the time on social media and I will always get women in the comments or even some real, you know, un, or guys that are still plugged in that will say, who hurt you? Oh, bro. You, you just haven't found a, the right girl to love you. Who hurt you? And it's like, it's kind of comical at this point as if no one else has been hurt, you know, for one. And then two, 
we need that. We need that pain for us to find the right answers. And so it's kind of silly when they do it. I, I like to take a screenshot of their comments when they do that and post it on my Instagram. <laughs> Just because it's, it's, it's such a silly thing to say. It is a silly thing to say, but like in listening to your episode, I, I think there's a misconception among um, a lot of people out there, women in particular, is that they think they, that men like you and me are somehow anti-women and that nothing could be further from the truth. Like I love, no, women. I love women. I love women. Yeah. I know you love women. It's obvious you love women. You just, you just know that men are, let's, let's be honest, they're fucking up. They're fucking up royally. And you want to straighten them out. You know, it's like if you had a boy, if you had a son and he was messing around and he was fucking up royally, you're going to straighten them out. And that's what you're doing. These men that are part of your group, they're like your sons and you need to straighten them out. That's all that's happening. You know, it really is. Yeah. uh, And I do have a son, by the way. And I do try to. (laughs) Yeah. And I also have a daughter, too. My boy is 13. Okay. And my my daughter is 17. So Ooh, yeah, I, I have, go. I have that dynamic too, where, uh, I, I try to, I try to teach her, I try to teach her a balance, right. Cause they, you know, they, they have these strong independent women that don't need no man, you know, and I want her to not necessarily have to rely on a man to, to make it through her life. But I also want her to know that, uh, in in a healthy relationship, she needs to take his lead, but also she needs to find a man that is a good leader. And so, if she is dating a a, a boy that's a, like a total scrub, that you know, I, I'll let her know. I'm like, hey, this this guy, he's got nothing for you. You know, he has no ambition. He's, you know, he's going nowhere in life fast. But if she's dating a new kid now, that uh, he's a, he's a total gentleman. He's got drive, you know, he, he takes care of himself. He exercises, he's got plans for the future. I'm like, that's the type of person that you should date as a girl, you know? Yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. That's who she, so my, uh, my lady has a, a niece. Uh, she doesn't have kids of her own, uh, but she has a niece, uh, who's 21 years old and she has these talks with her and she goes, Hey, I want you, you should go date a, a uh, a young man with ambition, with drive, with all this. And, uh, you know, what's funny is her niece went to her and said, yeah, I, 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 I want to date someone like Nikki, like me. <laughs> I'm like, that's yeah. good. That's good. You know what I mean? Uh, she said, I like how he treats you. Uh, you, you know, uh, I like, uh, uh, he's not perfect. She's even, she even said that, but I like how he treats you. I like how he, it takes care of things. I like how he, you know, decides where to go for dinner and stuff like that. And uh, I also like that he's ambitious and he's pulling himself forward and he's pulling you forward. That's what this 21 year old girl told, you know, her aunt, who's my lady. And I think mm-hmm. that's spot on. So for a young woman like that to understand that is really, really good and good, good yeah. on you because you're, you're modeling what sort of man your daughter should go date and go marry. That's your job as a father, essentially, isn't it? It is. And and that's another problematic thing with, with uh, kids being raised by single moms is their moms 
one, they're, they're single. They, they don't know how a relationships, a good, healthy relationship is supposed to work or else they, they wouldn't still be single. And they're teaching their daughters, oh, you know, you don't need a man, blah, blah, blah. And, and so these girls just don't see what having a healthy male uh, presence in their life is. They don't see what, what that's like. And so, yeah, if guys can learn this stuff and teach their daughters what a good man is, their daughters are going to pick better guys. You know, it's everything will be better. <laughs> Honestly, like a domino. I, I think that that is one of the key themes of this conversation is what your role as a father is. So a father to daughters needs to be modeling out for his daughter how uh, to pick a good man and how to avoid a bad man. Because uh, I think both of those are equally important for him to do for his daughter, right? And yet uh, nobody needs anybody, but at the same time, we all need each other. I mean, we're human beings, Mm -hmm. we're social beings. We're not designed to be on our own. I mean, I'm 54, I'm about to turn 55. I don't wanna die alone. I don't wanna be by myself. I love having my lady in my life. She's awesome, right? Uh, And she Mm -hmm. says it's the same to me. You know, She loves having me in her life, right? And that's important. And I think a lot of young women are being taught the wrong thing these days by society and by, you know, people around them that are saying, you don't need a man. It's not about needing a man. You're going to survive just fine, but life is Mm -hmm. much better for you. If you have a good man in your life, if you're a woman, or if you have a good woman in your life, if you're a man, there's no question about it. I don't want my sons to be like 35 years old and without a good person in their lives. I want my sons to be 30, five years old and married for like seven, eight years at that point in time. You know what I mean? Maybe with a couple of kids by then. Yeah. You make a, you bring up a good point about, yeah, you can survive without them, but have you ever watched uh, Bear Grylls or Survival Man or Dual Survival? I love Bear Grylls, man. Yeah. Or like Naked and Afraid, right? So I used to really big into, be into uh, wilderness survival stuff. And I, I used to think it was, I still do, but the thing is surviving is pain, you know, like it is painful. It's not comfortable. Like you're just getting by, but thriving is something completely different. And so, yeah, you might not need a man, but if you have a man, you'll thrive if he's a good man. Yeah, you will. You will. It's funny. You should mention that, you know, my, my woman is a good woman. And uh, one of my mentors in, in the work of men is a man named Justin Sterling. He created the Sterling Men's Weekend, the Sterling Women's Weekend. And he says that uh, a good woman will make a man believe he's better than he really is and make him achieve at a higher level than uh, he would otherwise be able to do. Because you think about that, a good woman is going to be praising you. Like there's, a, there's something, oh my God, someone else called this the three F's. You know, uh, you ever heard of this woman, woman's job with the man she's in love with and in relationship with is to fuck him, feed him and flatter him, right? (laughs) Like that's okay. Yeah. 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 Like, like, you know, um, so I've had this discussion with, with my lady and I say, look, three F's, right? Like what's my job with her? My job is to praise her. My job is to take care of her. My job is to lead. My job is to like, you know, show her that I'm count on a bomb reliable. I'm not going to lose my shit. Right. Because women don't want a man to lose his shit. My job is to like take all her shit tests and pass them because God knows she gives me a lot of shit tests. 
Her job is to do those three things for me. And when a good woman's doing that, like when my lady comes and she just, you know, walks through the door and she gives me a big kiss and just, oh, it's so good to see you. And, you know, we do a little uh, dance twirl and she makes a little, a little meal for me, tells me all the good things she appreciates about me. Man, I want to go conquer the freaking world. You know what yeah. I'm saying? That, that, that's what it's like. When she's mad at me, I, mean, I don't want to do anything. Like, you know what I'm saying? When, when we're having a fight <laughs> and an argument, the, like both our energy goes down. So we both are in a space where we're like going, hey, we just want to we just want to see uh, how we can be with each other, that I uplift her and she uplifts me. And so we talk about this stuff all the time. But I think it's a valuable conversation for all men to have uh, with their women and all women to have with their men. Like, what is it that you need to do? How do you need to show up to have your partner be better, to your, have your relationship, the third entity, if you will. It's another thing Justin Sterling calls the relationship, the third entity, be stronger and better. How do you believe you need to be with your son? Because I'm curious about your thoughts on that. Man, my son is the challenge. Honestly, my, <laughs> I, my daughter, has always been the type of girl that listens to me. She's a very good listener. She pays attention. She takes notes. And I, I feel like I don't have to worry about her too much. My son, on the other hand, he, all he cares about is video games. You know, that's all he cares about. He doesn't like going out. I have to force him to go outside. Hey, shut the video games off. Get on your bike, go find something to do. I don't care. Come back at, come back at dinner time. you know, <laughs> and uh, he, he, he's just like, that's just his world right now. And he likes girls and he, he, you know, has little girlfriends in school and stuff like that, but he, he doesn't, and that's not his concern, which kind of is a good thing too, because, you know, I think a man really needs to work on his purpose in life. I just think that my son really needs to focus on a better purpose than video games, you know? So that's really the, the challenge, but I do try to teach him this stuff when he does have a little girlfriend, I'll ask him questions and stuff like, Oh, you know, how'd you ask her out? How, you know, what did you do with her today? And, and, you know, he's, he, he just won't listen to me though. You know, he just, it goes in one ear out the other. It's, it's kind of frustrating. I'm hoping that when he gets into high school and like women or, you know, girls in high school, starts to become more important, then he'll listen to me a little bit more, especially, you know, after he gets dumped or so a couple of times. And I think that's what it's really going to take for him to say, dad, I don't know what I'm doing. And I'll be like, I think your boy needs to join a, a sports team, get his butt kicked a little yeah. bit. That's that, that's what it sounds like. You know what I'm saying? He, 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 yeah. I mean, and that's another thing too, is he's, he's just not that into sports. He was, when he was younger, he was in soccer for a long time. He got out of that. Luckily this year though, he, he signed up for track. So he likes doing that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, any kind of group activity with other, with other guys, I think would be good for him, but he just has no interest in it, you know, and I could, I could force him to do it, but at the, on the other hand, you know, he'll probably end up resenting me for forcing well, him. Well, to you do you don't want to so, force him, but you got to tell him, yeah. you know, one of the things I told my boys, my younger one's been really into video games, but he's doing less of it right now. And his mom, you know, is, a bit of a softy on this and she's bought on the xbox and the oculus and all that crap and mm -hmm. and but like i talked to her and i said look we can't let this kid just be on these things all the time so he he plays hockey 
And we got to deal with them. Like if you want to be on your video games, you need to be part of some organized sport. That's the trade-off. Yeah. Otherwise, no problem, no sports, no video games. That's the deal. <laughs> you yeah. know what? He didn't like that deal. So, you know, now he likes hockey because he's involved. And I think you need to negotiate some sort of deal with your son and just say, you know, I tell my son, uh, I tell both my boys, I say, look, you're 14, you're 16. You ain't got it all figured out, okay? <laughs> That's what I tell them. I'm your dad. It's my job to raise you. And you're not going to like everything I say, but I have your best interest at heart. And, you know, some things you're not going to like, tough shit. And yeah. um, they don't argue about that the way they used to because they're a little older, 14 and 16. Uh, when they were like 12 and 13, man, I got a lot of pushback on that. <laughs> you know, they'd go to mom, running to mom to try and yeah. get, get her on side. But eventually she's like, Matt, listen to your dad, <laughs> you know. Yeah, see that that's that's my challenge is uh, my ex-wife uh she loves to undermine me, you know, and and I can't tell her what to do at her house just like she can't tell me what to do at my house, which is, you know, and I I've always tried to work with her, but there's been so many times where uh I'll say, "Hey, we need to be a united front on this." And she'll she'll tell me, "Yeah, yeah, 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 definitely." And then I'll find out later for my daughter or my son that uh, she's not enforcing this at her house. So it's like, so I can only, I can only control the controllable and the, you know, so in, in, I can only control my time with them. So I, I have them half the time. So I could, I could set something up like that. And I think that's a good idea, but I can't enforce that kind of no, stuff. No, you can't, but you can, yeah. you can ask her and, you know, she's going to do what she's going to do. I mean, she's a woman after all, and she divorced you. So yeah. at some point she's, sometimes she's going to listen to you and sometimes she's going to give you the business. That's just the way it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but I find it, I find it much easier to work with her new husband. Like he's, he and I get along pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I get along with my ex's new man as well. Uh, but she, uh, she actually is pretty good because, um, the boys push her to try to get away with a lot of shit, you know, like mm. she's, um, she's a bit of a girly girl, you know, she's, she's a strong woman. Don't get me wrong, but these boys are just pushing that. And there was a day when my older boy made her cry and she just called me and she said, your son, blah, blah, blah. And I just called him up. I said, dude, you just made your mom cry. So I admit, like, he's, he got all defensive. I said, dude, this is your mom. All right. I don't yeah, care yeah. if she's wrong. Go apologize. That's all you're going to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's like, Dad, I didn't do anything wrong. I go, I believe you. Go apologize. <laughs> you know, <laughs> doesn't matter. Yeah. So he goes, he goes, hey, Mom, I'm sorry. I love you. And then she goes, oh, I love you too. <laughs> I, was just old. I heard it all. And it was just, it's just wild. You know, you got to do your best. That's all you can do. But like my conversations yeah. with the XR, look, this is what's best for them. Do you agree? And I usually get her buy-in before, do you, I, I think we should do this. What do you think? Do you agree? And she'll tell me, and then she'll act like it was her idea. I don't care whose idea it was as long as it gets done, you know? And, yeah. Um, That's a smart way of doing it. Make it her idea. <laughs> ethical manipulation, baby. You got to do that. You got to do that with your kids too, man. You got to do that with everybody sometimes. Like there's yeah. some, if your kid is like a hard ass, you're not going to, you're not going to, it's, it's not going to go well to like, to like try to overpower the kid. I mean, even if you do, it's, he's going to be mad at you or she's going to be mad at you and it's not going to go over well. So you gotta, you gotta make them think it's their idea at, at, at the very least help them come to that realization on their own. Yeah, yeah. Smart. Yeah. 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 So, so look, if a man's listening to this and he's um, dating 
versus married. And maybe he's like serious, but they're not at the stage of getting married. What are the what are the top kind of three things that man needs to do in order to have that relationship be in a successful space? Are we talking about uh, they're exclusive, but they're they're just they're not exclusive. Married? They're not married. They haven't they haven't had the conversation about we're going to go all the way to get married. What's a man got to do to make sure the relationship's in a good place? And what are the things he should look out for? for red flags and what are the green flags that he should be also looking out for? I know I'm throwing a lot at you, but I think this is valuable. Yeah. I'll see if I can get it all in. One thing, one of the biggest things that I've found is for success is you need to do what you've done from the beginning. It doesn't matter if you're married or just exclusive or whatever. I'm not personally a big fan of marriage, but uh, I'm all, I'm all about, you know, long-term relationships and, and, you know, healthy monogamous relationships, but you have to do what you've always done from the beginning. A lot of guys get in the, they fall victim to, they take a woman out on dates. Initially, when you first meet a girl, you're taking her out to dinner, you're taking her out for drinks, you're taking her to go do fun stuff. And then when you get into that relationship, all that stuff stops. You just have constant Netflix and chill nights and you're just at home all the time. And everything just gets boring and you can pretty much be anything for your woman, but you can never be boring. <laughs> so you've got to still take her out on dates, you know, even if it's at least once a week or whatever, and you've got to plan the dates. You've got to be the one making the decisions. Uh, you know, don't ask her. I said it earlier in the, in the episode, don't ask her where she wants to eat. You need to yeah. tell her, Hey, honey, uh, I feel like steak tonight. Let's go. Let's go to Chili's or whatever. Uh, one thing I found in my relationship, um, I have a I have a gal that I've been dating for over a year now, and nice. it's just been it's just been absolutely effortless. Is uh, just being decisive and making those types of decisions. What she's gotten so used to it now that uh, if she does want something, she does want to go to a spe- specific restaurant. She knows not to, uh, she knows to just tell me, you know, so she'll say, Hey, I was thinking about going to this place tonight. And then I say, okay, great. Yeah, that's a good idea. And then, you know, I don't have to think about it, but we, we never get into that stupid, where do you want to eat conversation that all guys complain about? Um, we, I, I, if you're, if you are the right role in the relationship too, you know, you're like you said, you're, you're her rock, you, you know, guys get so mad on, uh, in social media about this. When I, I talk about, don't bring your problems to your woman. Like she doesn't care. Uh, if you have to bring a problem to your woman, if you have to bring a problem to her, you better bring a solution with it. Otherwise don't, don't lay your, your problems on her. Cause she doesn't care. But on the flip side, you have to care about her problems. So, you know, if my girlfriend, luckily I I'm really lucky. She, is not much of a talker. She does not come and bring me her problems either, but uh, other relationships I've had, I've had, you know, women come home from the work. There's always that one bitch at work that they can't stand. And you've got to listen to that. And, but the one thing I've learned is not to try to solve the problems for her, you know? Uh, and that's a big thing because guys are natural problem solvers. Natural. So a girl, she comes home from work. She's complaining about, oh, this and that. This this gal got a promotion. I didn't. And guys are like, oh, well, why don't you try this? Why don't you just shut up? Just listen. That's all she wants. She just wants you to listen. And 
be an active listener. Don't be thinking about, you know, what tie you're going to wear tomorrow at work. You need to think, you sit there, actually listen to her, repeat stuff back. And once she, like, if she feels heard and understood, she actually thinks that you're a great communicator and you didn't say anything. And uh, you also don't have, not solving her problems takes a huge load off your back because you don't feel responsible for her problems, you know? And uh, man, just, just stuff like that will help. So my concept on, you'll, I, I see videos all the time where guys will make out lists of red flags. Uh, Rich Cooper, you said you've, you've talked to Rich. Yeah. Rich's book, The Unplugged Alpha, has a, a chapter on, yeah, chapter on, chapter on red and chapter red on flags. green flags. Yeah. Yeah. So, but the thing is, uh, Rich's red flags are different than my red flags. And I think, you know, like he, he's got a problem with girls with tattoos. I personally don't care. Uh, also, being a single dad, I don't have a problem dating single moms. He's very adamant about not dating single moms, you know? So those tattoos and, and being a single mom, being a red flag, I mean, that's kind of su subjective. I, I kind of think it's all very, red flags it, it, it's are- It's very, very subjective. Well, I think there are some um, red flags that are not subjective. Yeah. I mean, if a, if a yeah. girl is just bad-mouthing every man on the face of the planet, chances are at some point she'll bad-mouth you, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And so, so that comes to uh, things that I personally look out for. I look out for a woman's personal relationship with the men in her life. So does she have a good relationship with her dad? If she doesn't have a good relationship with her dad or her, the dad's never been in the picture, that's a huge red flag. She does not know, you know, she does not know what it's like to have a strong uh, male presence in her life. Um, a gal now here, here comes the single mom thing that I do have a problem with a, a gal that has had multiple children by multiple different men is a huge red flag because oh, God, she's, yeah. she's clearly promiscuous. She does not know what it's like to maintain a healthy relationship long enough to, uh, you know, at least have multiple kids with the same guy. And then three, uh, she makes poor decisions. <laughs> you know, she you know, reproductive decisions, you know, she uh, doesn't try to avoid pregnancies and stuff like that. You know, typically um, not, not all women, but you know, that's, that's usually the case. So those are some of the things I look out for. I look out for uh, alcohol abuse, yeah. uh, uh, drug problems. Um, I, I went on a date with a gal and on the first date, she got sloppy drunk on me at, at the bar and I was just like, holy crap, like this is our first date. You're supposed to be on like your at, your, your best, utmost, behavior. best behavior. Yeah, yeah. And she was slurring her speech. Couldn't she could barely walk? And I was like, this is this is a problem. Um, <laughs> so stuff yeah. like that, I would say. Uh green lights. Uh a woman that comes from a, a traditional family and her her parents are still together and they're in a loving relationship, right? Because yeah. There's a lot of people that are like, well, I've been married for 30 years. And I'm like, really? How's the sex? Because <laughs> the length of marriage does not necessarily mean that they're in a happy marriage. My parents are still together. They've been together for 50 years now. I swear to God, they hate each other. They're just staying together despite each other. And they're just waiting for each other to die at this point. You know? Oh my God. And, and so, you know, I, I, I say it's got to be a healthy loving relationship. So if you go and observe 
you know, go out to dinner with her parents and they're loving with each other, she's probably going to be a, a loving with you, a caring person. Um, a woman that is very serving. Um, my girlfriend is a, is a nurse. So she just naturally loves taking care of people. Uh, I was running marathons and stuff last year. So every weekend I was out training, running long distances and I could barely walk at the end of some of these runs. And she would, I would, I would go to her house and just be completely exhausted. And she would, she would say, you know what, go lay on the bed. I'm going to rub you down. Didn't want, you know, a massage in return. She would give me a full body massage just because That's a good I was woman. in pain and stuff like that. Oh, she's great. She's, she's absolutely wonderful. She won't let me get off the couch to go get my own uh, refill of soda or whatever. She's like, what are you doing? And then she'll get up and go and get it for me. And I'm like, Oh, <laughs> but, Boy, that's marriage but, material right there. That's marriage material. Uh, don't say the M word, but so she, <laughs> she, on the other hand though, um, and I learned this from Dr. Glover in his dating uh, essentials for men book is a, a way that I can lead is by doing the, the gentleman stuff by, not letting her get her, her door, her car door. So I, I will walk around and open the car door for her. I'll make sure that I open the door for her getting in and out of the car. Now, a lot of guys will say, oh, that's, that's simp crap. That's blue pill or whatever. And I'm like, that's not. That's about setting the tone and taking the lead in the relationship. And obviously, she can open the damn door herself. But that's not the point, right? I'm, I'm leading this relationship. So um, she's let me do that. And like she's playing the game by you know, by serving me, cooking me dinner and stuff like that. Like it's, it's a good, uh, it's a good dynamic. So if you could find a girl that has those traditional values that wants to cook for you, like, great, that's a green flag right there. And another thing guys should do, because a lot of women want to step up and do that, but a lot of guys won't let them. And I, my old self, my old, you know, pre no more Mr. Nice guy self. If a girl was like, Oh, I want to cook you dinner. What do you want for dinner? I'll be like, Oh no, honey, you're coming to my house. Let me cook you dinner. I don't do that anymore. You know, if my, my girl says, Hey, I'm, I'm, I want to cook you dinner. I'll, I'll say, well, how's your fried chicken? You know, nice. <laughs> like I let her do nice things for me because when you let them do that, they want to step up. Oh, so I haven't uh, had fried chicken in a couple of decades, man, but you just made my mouth water when you said that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I was, I was running marathons, so I, I, I felt like I could have a nice cheap meal there. Oh, man. You know? Yeah, <laughs> buddy. <Ooh. laughs> Kentucky fried chicken. Finger looking good, baby. Finger looking good. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's awesome, man. No, those are good. I really like those. Those are good. You know, the, the, the red flags are very good. The green flags are very good. I agree with you. Like I, uh, I like, I like it when my lady cooks for me, I cook for her too, but she, she'll come and say, I'm gonna make, I'll, I'll make you the salad. I'll do this. Um, I have a George Foreman grill. So when she comes over, she lets me mess with the Foreman grill, but she'll make the salad. If we're having eggs, she'll make the eggs. She'll make the presentation nice, you know, and, uh, she, uh, I give her rub downs, uh, you know, cause she runs, she's actually the marathoner. I'm a sprinter. She's a marathoner in my space. Mm. So I'll, I'll give her a, a rub down and she'll, she'll just, she'll hug me and then she'll just put her, her fingers right between my shoulder blades and just knead the muscles there. I just love that, man. See, that's a good woman right there. You know, she knows how to take yeah. care of this. Just not even, I don't even have to ask. She'll just do it. God bless her. Yeah. Yeah. That, I think, we're all sort of just looking for someone that's, that's giving, you know, yeah. and it's pretty easy 
early on in a relationship to spot a taker, someone that doesn't want to give back. They think you owe them everything. And um, those women, you need to cut loose, you know, Great. and not, not waste your time with them. Cause there's so many great women out there. If you just keep your eyes open, that will do stuff like that. That will give you rub downs that will need the muscles in your back, you know? No, amen, man. Amen. It's, it's, it, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. So, um, if, uh, if a man's listening to this, he's interested in finding out more about your work, your podcast, your, your groups, how do they go about doing that? Uh, well, the best place is, uh, probably YouTube. Uh, if you go to, uh, youtube.com slash come on man podcast, you can find my weekly episodes. I drop them fresh every Monday. Uh, I post clips on Wednesday and Fridays. You can follow me on TikTok um, at come on man pod on tip TikTok. I post lots of videos, like, you know, a couple per day. I try, try to anyway, and those all get shared on my Instagram and Twitter as well. So yeah, find me on all those places. Cool. And you, you said you have a Patreon as well. I do. Uh, it's patreon.com slash come on man pod. Uh, there's three tiers. The, the first tier is uh, you join my private discord community uh, where you basically have text access to me anytime. And then any, any guys that are in the group that want to help you out as well, you get that group support in there. The second tier is uh, I'm, there's only 10 seats available, uh, but it's a live zoom call with a group zoom call with, with men. So Everybody can ask me questions. They can ask each other questions. It's, it's it's more of a personal experience. I try to limit it to 10 because otherwise it gets out of hand. And um, I hate doing lives, you know, like that. you have uh, Facebook lives and Instagram lives and stuff like that. I hate those because when I'm talking to the camera, I'm essentially talking to myself. And then I, I have to sit there and look at the chat and see what people are asking me yeah, and yeah. people's questions fall through the crack. I'd much rather talk to someone just like this. And, um, and then the, the third tier is one-on-one -on -one calls. If, if you really want that, that kind of support, uh, you know, it's a, you know, get, you get a monthly, monthly one-on-one -on -one call with me every month for that. So. I like it. I like it. Good. Well, thanks for describing all that. We'll make sure that we uh, drop that in the show notes for the show. Um, Paul, I got to tell you, I really liked your interview with Dr. Glover. Uh, I've been following you on social media. I watch a bunch of your clips. Uh, there's a lot of wisdom in what you have to say. Uh, I think uh, a man who's in the sexual marketplace and the dating game, whatever terminology you want to use to describe the dance between men and women could uh, benefit greatly from listening to what you have to say because there's so many men that just are clueless and lost about how they ought to act when they're out there, when they're trying to attract a good woman to themselves. And I think what you have to offer them is important. It's good. So listener, check out Paul and his work. And Paul, listen, thanks a lot for coming on the show. Uh, I look forward to having you back on again uh, in the future. And uh, we'll catch you on the flip side, brother. All right. All right. Thank you very much. You bet. Thank you for listening to the Sovereign Man Podcast. If you're ready to take charge of your life and become the man you've always wanted to be, we invite you to join the movement at SovereignMan.ca.